Good afternoon and welcome, welcome, welcome back. Oh, so we are on chapter nine. Chapter nine of five. Go off in a caravan. Yay. So chapter nine is called an unpleasant meeting. So here goes. It really was fun settling into that cosy hollow. The two caravans were backed in side by side. The horses were taken out and led to a big field where the farmer's horses were kept when they'd done their day's work. Trotter and Dobby seemed very pleased with the green sloping field. It had a spring of its own that ran into a stone trough and out of it keeping it always filled with fresh cold water. Both horses went to take a long drink. Well, that settles the two horses all right, said Julian. We'll tell the farmer he can borrow them if he wants to. We'll be harv He'll be harvesting soon, and he may like to have Dobby and Trotter for a few days to help. And they will enjoy hobnobbing with other horses again. At the front of the hollow was a rocky ledge hung with heathery tufts. This is the front seat for Lake View, said Anne. Oh, it's warm from the sun, how lovely. I vote we have all our meals on this ledge, said George, sitting down too. It's comfortable and roomy and flat enough to take our cups and plates without spilling anything. And honestly, the view from here is too gorgeous for words. Can anyone see anything of the circus from up here? Mm, there's a spire or two of smoke over there, said Dick, pointing. I should think that's where the camp is. And look, there's a boat pushing out on the lake. Oh, doesn't it look tiny? Perhaps Nobby's in it, said Anne. Haven't we brought any field glasses, binoculars or anything, Julian? I thought we had. Oh, yes, we have, said Julian, remembering. I'll get them. He went to the green caravan, rummaged about in the drawers and came out with his binoculars swinging on the end of their straps. Here we are, he said, and set them to his eyes. Yes, I can see the boat clearly now, and it is Nobby in it. But who's with him? Oh, <laughs> it's Bongo. Everyone had to look through the glasses to see, uh, to see Nobby and Pongo in the boat. You know, we could always get Nobby to signal to us somehow from his boat when he wanted to tell us that Lou and his uncles were away, said Dick. Then we should know it was safe and we could pop down to the camp and see around it. Yes, good idea, said George. Oh, give me the binoculars, Dick. Timmy wants to have a turn at seeing too. He can't see through glasses like these, idiot, said Dick, handing them to George. But... Timmy most solemnly glued his eyes to the glasses and appeared to be looking through them very earnestly indeed. Woof, he remarked when he took his eyes away at last. He says he's seen Nobby and Pongo too, said George, and the others laughed. and half believed that he had. Timmy was such an extraordinary dog, she thought, as he pat she patted his smooth head. Oh, it was a terribly hot day, too hot to do anything, even to walk down to the lake and bathe. 
The children were glad they were up in the hills, for at least there was a little breeze that fanned them now and again. They did not expect to see Nobby again that day, but they hoped he would come up the next day. If not, they would go down and bathe in the lake and hope to see him somewhere about there. Soon the rocky ledge got too hot to sit on. The children retreated to the clump of birch trees, which at least cast some shade. They took books with them and Timmy came along too, panting as if he'd run for miles. He kept going off to the little spring to drink. Anne filled a big bowl with the cold water and stood it in a breezy place nearby with a cup to dip into it. They were thirsty all day long and it was pleasant to dip a cup into the bowl of spring water and drink. The lake was unbelievably blue that day and lay as still as a mirror. Nobby's boat was no longer in the water. He and Pongo had gone. There was not a single movement to be seen down by the lake. Shall we go down to the lake this evening when it's cooler and bathe there, said Julian at tea time. We haven't had much exercise today and it would do us good to walk down and have a swim. We won't take Timmy in case we happen to come across Lou or Dan. He'd certainly fly at them today. We can always keep an eye open for those two and avoid them ourselves, but Timmy would go for them as soon as he spotted them. We might be in the water and unable to stop him. Anyway, he'll guard the caravans for us, said Anne. Well, I'll just take these cups and plates and rinse them in the stream. Uh, nobody wants any more to eat, do they? Oh, too hot, said Dick, rolling over onto his back. I wish we were by the lake at this moment. I'd go straight into the water now. At half past six it was cooler and the four children set off down the hill. Timmy was angry and hurt at being left behind. You're to be on guard, Timmy, said George firmly. See, don't let anyone come near our caravans. On guard, Timmy. Woof! said Timmy dismally and put his tail down. On guard? Didn't George know that the caravans wouldn't walk off by themselves and that he wanted a good splash in the lake? Still he stayed behind, standing on the rocky ledge to see the last of the children, his ears cocked to hear their voices and his tail still down in disgust. <sighs> then he went and lay down beneath George's caravan and waited patiently for his friends to return. The children went down the hill with their bathing things, taking shortcuts and leaping like goats over the steep bits. It had seemed quite a long way up when they had gone so slowly in the caravans with Dobby and Trotter, but it wasn't nearly so far when they could go on their own legs and take rabbit paths and shortcuts whenever they liked. There was one steep bit that forced them back onto the track. They went along it where the track turned a sharp corner round a cliff-like bend. And to their surprise and dismay, they walked almost straight into Lou and Tiger Dan. Take no notice, said Julian in a low voice. Keep together and walk straight on, 
Pretend that Timmy is somewhere just behind us. Tim! Tim! called George at once. Lou and Dan seemed just as surprised to see the children as they had been to see the two men. They stopped and looked hard at them, but Julian hurried the others on. Hey, wait a minute, called Dan. I thought you'd gone off over the hilltop. Sorry, can't stop, called back Julian. We're in rather a hurry. Lou looked round for Timmy. He wasn't going to lose his temper and start shouting in case that mad dog came at him again. He spoke to the children loudly, forcing himself to be a peer good-tempered. Where are your caravans? Are you camping up here anywhere? But the children still walked on and the men had to go after them to make them hear. Hey, what's the matter? We shan't hurt you. We only want to know if you're camping here. It's better down below, you know. Keep on walking, muttered Julian. Don't tell them anything. Why are they telling us it's better to camp down below when they were so anxious for us to clear out yesterday? They're mad. Timmy! Timmy! called George again, hoping that the men would stop following them if they heard her calling her dog. It did stop them. They gave up going after the children and didn't shout any more. They turned angrily and went on up the track. Well, we've thrown them off all right, said Dick with relief. Come on, don't look so scared, Anne. I wonder what they want up in the hills. They don't look the sort that would go walking for pleasure. Oh, Dick, we're not going to have another adventure, are we? Said Anne, suddenly looking very woebegone. I I don't want one. I just want a nice, ordinary, peaceful holiday. Oh, of course we're not going to have an adventure, said Dick scornfully. Just because we meet two bad-tempered fellows from a circus camp, you think we're in for an adventure, Anne? Well, I jolly well wish we were. Every holidays we've been together so far, we've had adventures, and you must admit that you love talking about them and remembering them. Well, yes, I do, but I don't like it very much when I'm in the middle of one, said Anne. I don't think I'm a very adventurous person, really. No, you're not, said Julian, pulling Anne over a very steep bit. But you're a very nice little person, Anne, so don't worry about it. And anyway, you wouldn't like to be left out of any of our adventures, would you? Oh, no, said Anne, I couldn't bear it. Oh, look, we're at the bottom of the hill and there's the lake looking icy cold. It wasn't long before they were all in the water and suddenly there was Nobby too, waving and yelling. I'm coming in! Lou and my uncle have gone off somewhere! Hooray! Barker and Growler were with Nobby, but not Pongo the chimpanzee. Nobby was soon in the water swimming like a dog and splashing George as soon as he got up to her. We met Lou and your uncle as we came down, called George. Oh, shut up, Nobby, and let me talk to you. I said we met Lou and your uncle just now going up into the hills. Up into the hills, said Nobby, astonished. Whatever for? They don't go and fetch things from the farm. The women do that early each morning. 
Well, we met those two, said Dick, swimming up. They seemed jolly surprised to see us as well. I hope they aren't going to bother us any more. Oh, I've had a bad day, said Nobby, and he showed black bruises on his arms. My uncle hit me like anything for making friends with you. He says I'm not to go talking to strangers any more. Why ever not? said Dick. What a surly, selfish fellow he is. Well, you don't seem to be taking much notice of him now. Of course not, said Nobby. He's safe up in the hills, isn't he? I'll have to be careful he doesn't see me with you, that's all. Nobody else at the camp will split on me. They all hate Lou and Dan. We saw you out in your boat with Pongo, said Julian, swimming up to join in the conversation. We thought that if ever you wanted to signal to us, you could easily do it by going out in your boat and waving a handkerchief or something. We've got binoculars and we can easily see you. We could come down if you signalled. We'd know it would be safe. <gasps> right, said Nobby. Come on, let's have a race. Bet you I'm on the shore first. He wasn't, of course, because he didn't swim properly. Even Anne could race him. Soon they were all drying themselves vigorously. Oh, golly, I'm hungry, said Julian. Come on up the hill with us, Nobby, and share our, temp our supper. Well, does he go? We'll find out tomorrow, because that's in chapter 10. But will he be... Very sensible in going, I wonder, because he's not going to know where his uncle is. They could bump into him, and if he sees Nobby with the children, there's going to be trouble. So he might be best not to go. What do you reckon? Any old how, any old how. Um... We will read chapter 10 tomorrow. I'm quite getting quite into this book. Um, but you know what? I read, when I, when I was a child, I read all of the Famous Five books over and over again. I think I read them um, for about two years. I just read those books. And you know what? As I'm reading them now, um, I'm loving them just as much. I can't remember what happens in any of them. <laughs> That's how bad my memory is. I've read the books hundreds of times and I still can't remember what happens. <laughs> anyway, um, I will see you all again tomorrow. And, 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 um, yeah, just make sure that you have a good day. Take care and stay safe, of course. And I'll see you all again tomorrow. Bye. For now.